0: Hello and welcome to the second edition of the Ask Pastor Jeff Anything podcast. Thanks to everybody who listened to uh, the last one. We got a few good comments. I think started some good conversation, and well, at least me asking me asking myself my own question allowed (laughs) me to get out there. One of the driving forces in uh, uh, in what I think is going on in the world, and in in what drives me too. But I am excited to get to your questions too. How are you this morning, Jody? Your day?
1: I'm good. Coffee's kicking in. What's going on?
0: Good. I'm going to give you fair warning. We're recording this in, what is it, May? Yes. It's May. Is it
1: May? We've all lost track of time.
0: (laughs) One of my uh, little moments of uh, uh, personal pleasure this time of year is listening to Supreme Court arguments. (laughs) Now, did you see that coming? No. (laughs) I have a podcast that kind of summarizes some of the Supreme Court, and I love it because the Supreme Court hears only these really big questions Mm. that don't have solid answers. No. And they're thinking not only about the question itself, which matters, but they're also thinking about the implications of what they decide. Because it's not only the question that matters, but it's also what happens after they come come down on one side or the other. Right. What does the answer mean? Yeah. Or more creatively, chart some kind of a path that's neither a yes or a no, which is what they often seem to do. And as I was listening this morning to some uh, phone oral arguments for the uh, first time in Supreme Court history, Mm -hmm. it made me think that that's that's actually not entirely different than theology. Big questions. Big questions that don't necessarily have answers, at least not that we can know.
1: That's kind of deep. Well... Yeah, because if the Bible's a living document, that's what we say about the law of the land, right? Yeah. We have to walk it and interpret it as we live in the space and the context where we're in.
0: And Supreme Court folks, they talk about being an originalist. You know, is it is it about what it says or it is is it about what the founders intended or what? Right. And that's that's not that different than the arguments theologians have about the Bible. Absolutely. The implications are certainly there of where we where we land on things too, though we may not always see them as clearly. I just kinda hijack this whole podcast with my opening Little introduction, didn't I? I've oh. already got Jodie Renee and thinking. Like,
1: I know I'm, I have thinking face. No one can see it, which <laughs> is maybe
0: good. all um. right. How about a question?
1: Okay, so we actually had a couple questions roll in. The first one was texted to me during the sermon on Sunday, actually during the children's sermon, which provoked some thought because Patty was telling the story of Esther, and I won't fall down that rabbit hole today, maybe another podcast. But she had mentioned in the story that God has a plan for all of us. And so the question was, how do we understand God's plan in a world, in a universe where bad things happen to people? Like, what is God's plan for people, individuals, if God has a plan for me what does it mean if i end up with cancer or my child dies or
0: is the was the cancer god's plan
1: right or what was god's plan for that person or that what yeah exactly right. their life was that their was that god's plan for their life was that the story
0: i uh, one of the hardest funerals i've ever done was for a young person uh, and I know pastors who've done even harder ones than that. And for that matter, you even think about all the different ways that we can lose control over our lives. Bad things can happen. I mean, you could even bring the abortion debate into this. You know, what what is the nature of God's plan there? And I know I I always get annoyed when Bible verses are taken out of context. And, I, and I'm horrible at Bible memory. I should probably work harder on that. But she's grown up like? evangelical. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> what is it like? I know that. Plans, plans I have might.
1: for you, plans to give you hope in a future. Jeremiah 29 11. Oh my goodness, no that's irony! A... That was my life verse my senior year of high school. We didn't get to have a motto at my Christian school, we had to have a life
0: verse. I gotta ask, how'd that plan work out for you?
1: Well, pretty crappy actually. So,
0: <laughs> but you're here, and I that's a good here. thing.
1: Yes, there's redemption in it,
0: right? But so, what is the nature of God's plan? I don't know. You want to start? You want me to start? I can give you my, my first thought and my usual answer. Give us the bumper like.
1: answer and we'll go from there. Because I'm okay. curious what you think. I don't know that I've ever asked you this specifically.
0: Yeah. Uh, mine, I, I I seriously doubt that this... this Uh, metaphor started with this author but I learned it from Brian McLaren. One of his books was uh, foundational. I uh, read it during seminary and it helped form my own uh, faith development. And uh, what it is, is that maybe like there are different ways of thinking about control Mm -hmm. and what control is. And maybe control and plan doesn't necessarily mean that every single step, every single molecule is spaced out to go exactly a, a, in one certain way, and it can't deviate from it. You know, theologically, that's making me think of like predestination. You right. hear about sometimes that God's God God knows everything. God already knows the future. God already knows how it's all going to end out, and mm-hmm. we're just we're just along for the ride, yeah. like a train on a track. Yeah. But maybe instead, God's control and God's plan is more like sheep in a sheep pen. That the sheep have the freedom to go around. They can they can I don't, I don't know, they talk to other sheep. What do sheep do? And sheep are dumb,
1: so that okay. analogy Probably always makes not. me laugh. <laughs> Probably Well, I, I, I. Think I, I, of the it, sheep from Babe
0: will make Yeah them. the the analogy the analogy comes around here. You'll see yeah. the reason for it in a minute. Okay. But they can go around <laughs> and have do 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 sheep things with whatever sheep they want. <laughs> uh, they can explore whatever part of the sheep pen they want to, but if one of those sheep strays from the pen mm-hmm. now all of a sudden the metaphor is going back to Jesus's parables that is when the shepherd goes and helps to bring the sheep into the pen so there's a sense there's a sense of plan there's a sense of direction there's a mm-hmm. sense of control but a sense of freedom within it and of moving and that's that's where i that's how i usually answer this question Here's the irony of this podcast again. Um, I I don't have answers. Here we are, Ask Pastor Jeff Anything. I mean, who knows? That's how I thought of it in the past. And uh, my own story that I always put with it is when I was deciding what I was going to do with my life uh, in high school. Because, you know, in high school, there's often this pressure to decide, you have to choose a major, right? And when you get to graduation, mm-hmm. everybody's like, "Oh, what are you going to major in?" You know Good what? Gravy. What? What are you going to do with the rest of your life at eighteen? Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a very difficult choice between music and meteorology. I say, sitting here as a pastor. Yeah. Uh, so how'd <laughs> that
1: plan work out for you? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and and I prayed and <coughs> I prayed and I prayed. Um, you know God show me God I know you're you're leading me why can't I see it you know that's the kind of prayer I would say mm-hmm. what it turned out was I figured out I figured out that I could be a meteorologist because it oh man does Michael listen to this uh, it's hard to earn money as a musician I'm just saying it can be. Uh, if if you're if you're big uh, if you're one of the lucky few who who is able to find a full time position mm-hmm. or who gets it makes it big and popular you know that kind sure. of thing sure uh, then then that's different but for the vast majorities of musicians you have a day job and gig a little bit and eat, and to be honest even only the lucky few make it into the gigging scene right. so I became a meteorologist and a choir director on Wednesday Wednesday evenings and Sundays and I was so proud of myself that the reason, and I thought, that the reason God didn't answer my prayers is because the answer was both. You thought that was the answer. I thought I thought that was the answer, was both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course what I realized is that with a little more maturity here, now I realize I just avoided having to choose is what I really did. It wasn't really both so much as uh, I, I didn't have to choose. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be careful in my language here because pro- it's probably going to come out wrong. What God really had in store for my life, whatever sense of plan did God did have for me, wasn't ready to be revealed yet because it was four years, no, let's see, no, 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 that was that was uh, senior in high school, so it was eight years after that, after college and then four years of working, that the call to ministry happened. And I realized that the answer wasn't both, it was neither. So see, see, see do you see how, at least for me in my life, I tie those two stories together? It, it didn't matter if I chose music or meteorology, mm-hmm. it really didn't matter. It wasn't, it wasn't part of, either way, didn't really have anything to do with the plan because God's plan wasn't about what I did with those eight years of my life.
1: Okay, so are you putting out on the table that God does have a plan for people's lives, but you can—you are the sheep that wandered the boundary of the pen. There's so many places I could go with the sheep. Like <laughs> I know, and that's what—that's <laughs> what I'm looking forward
0: to—is for um, your, your pushback.
1: <laughs> but are you indicating that God? still at some point in little jeff's life said
0: little little jeff i actually was born premature so there was a day when i was oh i'm
1: enjoying that because i was a freaking whale when i was four
0: pounds ten ounces no way you and i swapped sizes we
1: absolutely did anyway keep talking
0: (laughs) that's so funny to me
1: well it was god's plan um Yeah, so are you telling me... Because here's, in essence, what I'm hearing you say is that God does have a plan for everybody's life.
0: I'm speaking out of my own experience right now. Okay. And and this needs more rounding, and I I recognize that. You know, a big part of my life is that experience of call. Yes. And everybody has call on their life. That's what baptism is. Now, the nature of that call and how it's lived out can be vastly, vastly different. Most people who are, are called to pastoral ministry... I mean, seminary is full of people telling their call stories to one another. You know, yeah. how did we end up in this strange, strange place? Yes. Uh, and most, my mine happens to be more vivid than most. Because I think I I would not have had I, I I think I see it as a handicap. I mean, I would not have had the courage to leave my old life if God hadn't given me a serious kick in the. <clears throat> <Right. clears throat> That's all I'm saying. I had I had I had my own plans that I was going after, mm-hmm. and so that sense of call, that sense of call to a particular vocation, a particular profession, mm-hmm. that shapes my own sense of God's plan. Because clearly there is a blandness to it, I say inventing a term. That said, I don't see that as better or worse than any other life, and I think think a life that is lived being happy where you are is a, I don't want to say more virtuous, but perhaps equally virtuous
1: thing. Okay, so though... You're the sheep that gets eaten by the wolf.
0: There's a joke about pastors here. Oh, I'm there gonna, should be. I'm, I'm going to set that aside. <laughs> <right here. laughs> so, say more. I don't think I quite followed your, your, your thought there.
1: In your system, which incidentally, mine is different. Oh, yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm looking forward.
1: Was that God's plan?
0: I look back and, uh, again, only talking myself here, I look back and I see how God was forming me for ministry mm-hmm. even before I knew. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me in my own experience, my own unique experience, to not see God preparing me. Like I had. I had Paul Tillich, the theologian, on my bookshelf mm. during college, I think. love Paul that might That might even have been high school I had Tillich on my shelf. Wow. Yes, I'm... No, no surely it wasn't high school. But you, you get what I'm saying. I'm that guy. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, Some people hear a call early and deny it. I was not that way. The first time I heard it was long after I had Tillich on my shelf. Yes. Which says something. It, it, say, it, it says to me that, at least in my case, God was preparing me for something that I had not yet scene and that implies some kind of plannedness. Yes. And and unique to my experience. Again, I say, I don't see, I, I see that as a handicap. Uh, I see that as me perhaps needing a little extra help and there's part of me that envies those that that, that can just enjoy where they are. Mm. I, I don't know, that's not quite coming out right, but mm. uh, maybe I'm saying something. Okay, what's your answer from a much different experience? Than
1: oh, gosh, yes. Well, um, that's part of my prompt, too, is that we in the U.S. tend to answer that question from the point of, oh, look how this worked out for me, mm-hmm. instead of, here's all the things that went wrong. The question I would pose to you rhetorically in this moment is, if your theology or experience and understanding of God's plan and purpose for life can't be equally as true for your sister being enslaved by ISIS or your brother being beaten for his faith in Turkey, is it true? Is it complete? Is it inaccurate?
0: I know you asked rhetorically. Yes. Very much not complete. Yes. Okay. Very much not complete. Okay. only my experience.
1: All right. So my take, my hot take on this, unpopular opinions by Jody Reneseron is that it's twofold. One, we read scripture, oh my gosh, we're so guilty of doing this as Americans through the lens of individualism. So we read that verse in Jeremiah. We read Romans eight: all things work together for good for those who put their trust in Him. You know.
0: Another another similar.
1: Absolutely. Um, Philippians four thirteen, which is like on every poster with a kitten clinging to a branch ever. I can do all things <laughs> through Christ. You know I'm right. <laughs> I am
0: I am gonna buy one of those posters that's oh, with a with kitten on the branch that says no. "Hang in there," and I'm just gonna sneak it into your office while you're not PTSD. here. P
1: T S D. Please continue. All right, uh, we read that through the lens of of individuality, right? Like, it's God's plan for me. We we don't have a sense of eschatology, which is a really big word for saying the big bus God is driving towards the future. And really, the people that were writing scripture only understood things in a big communal context. Like, um, the beauty of the story of Esther, among many things, wasn't that it's, it's a story of Esther, it's a story of the people the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, and all of these things were going wrong, and she was invited into something with God in order to save everybody. So, yes, a little bit of a sense of plan, but not in a determined way. So I love that story because it's exactly that. That's a good phrase. Yeah. Esther had the chance. Esther could have said no. And what I think would have happened is that, totally speculating here, but I'm, I'm a firm believer in the notion that God is always at work, in the present moment. In this moment, God is working to bring the kingdom into this reality. And so there's invitations popping up everywhere. And we all have a, a an invitation. We all have a chance to respond. And if I miss this one on my left side, it doesn't mean that I've screwed up the path. And I'm not going to get this one on the right side, or that like I've somehow dismantled God's ability to bring the kingdom to earth. And the reality is, is that God is always co-creating with us in the moment. And because we do have this creative, um, divine imagination, we're invited into it. Which is also why I think bad things can happen. You know, my childhood didn't set me up for the plans I have for you. Promise to give you hope in a future. Man, there were how how that wasn't always the the promise or the hope or the reality. But if I continue in the moment to choose or to find those invitations and make my choices based on... If I believe that God's plan ultimately is love and restoration, and I try to choose that, I think I'm choosing God's plan. That means, too, that the plan is bigger than just my life, which is how I can make space for my friends who are
0: murdered or sick. Let me bring in a metaphor, All right? Because you're making me think of one. Okay. Chemistry. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, um, um, you know, I was a meteorologist, which involves both physics and chemistry. But I always liked physics more, because physics <laughs> tends to focus on in, in, individual things. You know, an, ob- an object in motion, staying in motion, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Whereas chemistry is just this mess of molecules, and you put this mess of molecules together. Looking to achieve a certain overall result. So, I, uh, what made me think of this was a video I watched about hand washing because that's the age we live in now with COVID nineteen, <laughs> and it talked about the um, uh, what soap does to a coronavirus molecule, hmm. but that it takes a little bit of time for it to do it. That's why each in, th- in this he had like a um, four different. Four different types of hand motion as you're watching that you should do for five seconds each. Oh, wow. Because five seconds assures that each of those molecules has a chance to do it. Mm-hmm. So, when you start washing your hands, you're not saying, I want this soap molecule to hit this coronavirus molecule. Right. <laughs> Instead, you set up the conditions, and then you rub for five seconds. Yes. I almost said five minutes. Maybe maybe some days. Maybe <laughs> after the grocery store. <laughs> no, you rub for five seconds. Uh, and in that time, who knows? And, and, and does it really matter which soap molecule connects with which coronavirus molecule? Mm-hmm. In the end, you will have clean, virus-free hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, I'm trying really hard to bring this on-the-spot molecule around here. Mm-hmm. So, what God is doing is moving humanity towards God's end.
1: Well, I would say creation.
0: Creation is better than humanity, yeah. yes. Uh and each of us are a part of that each of us are molecules bumping around yes. we each have certain gifts you know just like a soap molecule has the ability to attach in a certain way to a coronavirus molecule mm-hmm. so i have a kind of personality and set of skills and gifts jody mm-hmm. renee has a certain set of personality and mm-hmm. skills and gifts. Blah blah, blah 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 we shake this all up mm-hmm. rub our hands for five seconds mm-hmm. and we all move more towards god's preferred end I don't know. Is that a decent metaphor for what you were saying?
1: I think it's much, much closer. Because obviously things happen in the world that aren't part of God's desired end.
0: Right. And and we need and we need to get to that. Yeah. Uh, but, like, so interpreting my call through that lens would, would let's see, look like this. I have, uh, uh, God gave me the gifts of theology, thinking about things, and of communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps that could have played out in several ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps God was preparing me for any number of ways that could that could have played out, maybe as a teacher, maybe mm-hmm. as, I, I don't know. You get the idea. Uh, and this is one of those, and this is the one to which I responded.
1: Yes. And you wouldn't have subverted God's plan for humanity if you'd been, you know...
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, heck no. It right. doesn't depend on me.
1: Right. <laughs> right. right. If I said
0: no, God would have found another way. And
1: that's exactly the <laughs> thing, I think, that when we when we make the be about God's plan for me versus <laughs> how can I be a part of God's plan for creation? Right. It's a different question. And there are going to be things that happen in, in the world and in my life and your life that God grieves, God grieves what happens in the world when I think about this, you know, Leo did some running the other day thinking about this young man that was murdered, he was part of this group that went out and ran, overtly racist act, God grieves, and that grief is precious and holy, our grief is precious and holy, and that was not part of God's plan for that young man's life, for the two... Racist men who murdered him for the the South, you know, for all of mankind. Not not God's plan.
0: Yeah, we could do a whole discussion on sin here too, but that's right. that's 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 another that's another podcast, is what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you're you're getting into what the really hard question is. What what? How do we understand God's sense of plan when? a young person dies, when something yes. tragic happens, and any of that, and, I mean, that's, you, you kind of said it already, I'm just repeating at this point, God, God grieves, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, it does not, oh gosh, what am I, um, okay, this thought isn't, co- talk for a while, this thought isn't coming together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a hard one to process out loud, because, well, neither one of us process out loud, we talk endlessly about things, yeah. but it's stuff we've probably already
0: Right. Processed and they're, they're, we're dealing with real people with, with pain, like actual yes. pain. I'm thinking about that the, that funeral that was especially hard for me of a young person. I'm thinking about his family right now. Yes, that's that's why that's why I'm being very careful trying trying to form that thought.
1: Yes, yes. Well, and it's easy to give pat answers as a way we we don't make space for the fact that we grieve, God grieves, and so. Sometimes we use the notion that God has a plan, or that God is going to use this pain or something to placate. I mean, we just don't want the idea that we do live in a in a kind of beautiful chaos. We we like certainty. We like our brains crave it. Our lizard brains and the idea that God isn't calling the shots makes us uncomfortable.
0: And I will also, just to be crystal clear, because you and I get pretty deep, and I would imagine some people zone out when we get deep sometimes. Oh, for sure. (laughs) So just to be crystal clear, I wholeheartedly believe that with every bone of my body that God does not desire tragedy of that sense. You know, when a when a uh, I I keep using the same example here, just generically, but when a young person dies in a car accident or whatever, oftentimes what you hear people say out of out of a simple lack of any, they don't know what to say, yes, and so it ends up coming out uh, with a phrase like one one of the ones that gives me chills in a bad way every time is God needed another angel in heaven. Oh, good gravy! And and first of all, not to make light of it, that's not what angels are. No. Um, Read, read, read the Bible. But yep. yeah, that's another, that's another podcast. Uh, uh, b- but also, that implies that God wanted the accident to happen. Yes. And no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what to say, don't say anything at all. Because the truth is, usually nothing needs to be said. A simple presence and simple simply showing up in an expression of care means more than any words you could possibly offer. And words like that end up doing more harm than good. I've probably really said do. more of them than I know, but
1: yeah, bad theology hurts. Well, just point back. Jesus is one of Jesus' best friends died, and he went and stood at the grave and wept. That was his response. Yeah, that's the human response. That's the. It wasn't clearly. It wasn't what. Jesus would have chosen for his friend. But Well yeah, Lazarus got to come back. You're
0: talking you're talking to the hope guy here. Yeah. No, it's (laughs) clearly not what Jesus would have chosen for his friend. Mm -hmm. But Jesus also didn't let the story end there. Right. He took the tragedy and made something good of it. Yes. Now, one of the biggest questions of all theology to me is In this context, it's not gonna come out quite right. But to what extent was that planned or intended by God? Uh, Oh,
1: to make a point?
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna muddy it up just a little bit. Okay. With with tragedy like that, it's obvious. Uh, But let's go to something that's in the middle, something that's a little bit murkier. A couple times in my life, I've had bad experiences. Uh, One of them was being bullied in middle school. I was bullied rather severely uh, for reasons that should be apparent. (laughs) No, we won't go into all that.
1: (laughs) Tell me more about listening to Supreme Court hearings. <laughs> to be fair i'm having
0: Tillich on my show i Don't do the same that.
1: thing with the supreme court hearings but i wait until they are released as videos with the dogs representing the supreme court justices oh.
0: and then i watch them
1: all and listen to the arguments what
0: kind of dog is ruth bader ginsburg
1: Ooh, i i think she's a poodle but sodomyre is a um <laughs> is a boston terrier and so that's what totally <laughs> got me guys.
0: okay where were we <laughs>
1: We were talking about something meaningful, weren't we?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, something in the middle—that's neither neither easy and, and pleasant nor nor also the tragedy of a death. Say,
1: yeah.
0: Um, you know, my bullying in middle school. There was a time uh, when I faced bullying in the workplace when Mm -hmm. I was older. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that it it was sending me back to my middle school self. Took me a long time to figure this out, so here's some free therapy for any of you who've had an experience like that. Mm -hmm. Took me a long time to figure out that it was, that that's what that workplace experience was doing, is it was sending me back to my middle school self, that I, I hadn't really dealt with that bullying experience. Since then, I have found myself, now I'm a pastor, right? That's Mm -hmm. my job. I have found myself in a position of pastoral leadership dealing with bullies in the church more than once. Yeah. And because of my experience, because of my middle school experience that was so painful, I am uniquely positioned to help find healing and lead through those positions. Yes. And I have gone round and round in my head about God's plan. Did God put me through the hard experience so that I could help later? Or did the unfortunate thing happen and this is the lemonade that God is making from the lemons? Yeah. And I lean towards the latter. I yeah. very much lean because I don't believe that God causes us pain and harm. But at the same time, my physical therapist causes me a little bit of pain—not mm. harm, mm-hmm. but pain—because my physical therapist knows that will help me walk better.
1: But if God causes pain, would it be? You're already giggling because you know I'm. Push back.
0: <laughs> well, this anyway, is fun. I love
1: I'm, it. <laughs> I, you know, yes, that is a good metaphor. That is a good analogy. The. the And actually, I think it supports my crazy open theist idea in that when we talk... Like Advent, we do this whole thing about bringing light to the darkness, right? The darkness is there, and then God brings in and illuminates it. And that's our job, right, is to carry the light of Christ in the world. Yada, yada, yada. So you were bullied in middle school. That is an act of... That is a function of the darkness in the world. That was not... I would argue that was darkness,
0: not... the darkness of adolescence. The doc- darkness of middle school.
1: <laughs> I would argue that wasn't God's plan for you. Yeah. Or even that God, uh, quote-unquote, allowed it in order for you to become the Jeff Slater we all know and love. Now, I do think that doing the work of facing our shadows is what's painful. And so when God brought light to that moment for you and you experienced bullying in the workplace, I have had some of my worst bullying happen in the church, too. That is... Church, what is wrong with us? There's a thing in that. The massage therapist analogy, you know, when we enter into that, when we say, yes, I will walk into the light, that growth can sometimes be painful and challenging. That facing it and saying, ouch, this is where that hurt. Okay, I'm going to do the hard work of getting my heart straight, getting my mind straight, getting every my soul straight so that I don't perpetuate the darkness.
0: So perhaps my middle school experience... Was God as physical therapist pushing me to find healing, even though there was some pain in the healing?
1: I'm going to say that your church experience of having to relive the bullying and going now I have a choice: do I choose the darkness or the light? Would yeah. be God giving you the
0: physical therapist experience? But to bring this background full circle, because we've got we're kind of going over time. I here. know. To bring this back around full circle, if it hadn't been my middle school bullying experience that Allowed me as a leader to move the church toward healing. Mm-hmm. Somebody else's middle school bullying experience might Absolutely. have filled that role. Yep. And each of us, each of us, are soap molecules attaching to whatever viruses we can find all around. I'm just trying to yes. tie this whole thing in a little bow. Yes. In a little bow here.
1: Yeah. And I yeah. think it does come back to what you were saying that God and, and it's a tricky. This I don't mean for this to sound like a bumper sticker, God forbid, but. I think God's plan for all of us is that we will be valued and valuable, but we live in a place and in a time and a context where the light is still breaking into the darkness and bad things can happen. That doesn't mean, just piggyback on what you said, that when the bad things happen, when a child is sick, when somebody dies, when a young woman is is held to a lifetime of institutional abuse, that in those life stories, in those moments, in those significant uh, things of grief, that God can't find ways to perpetuate and create love, redemption, transformation, it just manifest a million invitations for the
0: kingdom. Well, you're the one who brought it around to hope.
1: There you go. Who knew?
0: All right. I had this whole Doctor Who thing I was going to go into, but oh. we're out of time.
1: Dang it, I love Doctor Who. <laughs>
0: And it would start a whole other thing. Uh, thank you all for joining us hopefully you have a little more idea of uh, what we're doing here we need more questions we've got a few uh, we've got a few banked up here but oh, oh there are more questions out there I know there are more and this is fun to talk about so send them in um, you know what I'm, I'm even if you want to take your phone and record yourself asking it even, Absolutely. Uh, that's uh, I'm not sure if we can quite make that happen or not but you know what send it in send mm-hmm. it in and we'll uh, we'll see how we can we would love to hear it uh, otherwise We'll see you next week.
1: Take care.